0: Well, Merry Christmas, friends. To those of you who are at home watching this on Christmas Eve, maybe with family there in the living room, very Merry Christmas to you. For those of us who are in the room, it's Monday night. (laughs) None of us thought we'd be here on Monday night, December 20th. I had a date with my TV to watch my Minnesota Vikings thrash the Chicago Bears. But God had other plans. And uh, you didn't plan to be here as well. 48 hours ago, but when... We got a word of the new restrictions. We thought we're going to try to beat this out, and we're going to gather together, and it's not going to be exactly the same, and it's not going to be like it always is, and it's not going to be as polished, but we're going to do it anyway, and so I'm glad that you were able to join us tonight here, and uh, you know what? That very first Christmas night, the night Jesus was born, really nothing went to expect out on that night either, did it? It wasn't very polished. Didn't expect to have that baby in that place, in that town, in that stable, surrounded by stinky donkeys, and laid in a manger of hay. It wasn't polished, it wasn't expected, but it was beautiful. And, um, and so tonight, we are reminded of all that the coming of Jesus into the world represents, all that it means, and we rejoice in that tonight, together. So a few moments ago, you heard the words of the prophet Isaiah Spoken 700 years BC before the birth of Christ, when he said, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned. Have you ever walked in darkness? I'm not talking about the spiritual sense, I'm talking about like literally physical darkness. You ever walked in darkness? I remember a number of years ago waking up in the middle of the night, pitch black in a tent, but not knowing where I was. I was just so disoriented. there as I was camping. I didn't know where I was. I didn't know what was happening. I remember beating the sides of this tent, trying to figure out how to get out, crawling over my family, until after a few moments, I found the zipper and I exited the tent, realized I had to find a place where I could use the washroom. And I knew that there was an outhouse a ways away, but in the darkness of the night, I remember. You ever been there? Stumbling in the darkness, trying to find your way. Maybe being clobbered in the face by a bough from a pine tree. Stumbling over a root or a rock that you didn't see at your feet. You ever tried to move through your living room in the pitch black? Only to stub your toe against the coffee table. And to utter a word that you should not have uttered. A word that if I were to utter it now, it would surely get me fired. Maybe like me, you remember a time when you've um, got up in the middle of the night, you didn't want to turn on a light to awaken your spouse or someone else, and so you tried to make it to the bathroom, only to hit the door jam with your head. You thought you knew where that doorway was, but you misjudged by maybe just a few inches. You have been there? Yeah. yeah, we all have, you know. Darkness conceals. Darkness hides what's there. It makes things unknown. It makes things uncertain. But light reveals. If darkness hides, it conceals. Light reveals. It reveals what's there. Reveals things as they really are. That which is true. Light makes things Certain It makes things known. Those walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in deep darkness, a light has dawned. And what is this dawning of the light that Isaiah spoke of so many hundred years ago? Well, a few verses later, he would say, "'For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given.'" And Matthew and Mark, they would tell us the story of the birth of that boy. A very familiar story for us, right? It's got the wise men, it's got the shepherds, it's got the star, it's got angels delivering the good news on the hillside. It has a Mary and Joseph on their way to Bethlehem. It's a story that we know well. It's the story of what happened that night. But you know, there's another gospel by the name of John one of the disciples of Jesus, and he wrote about the story too. But he wrote about this story in a different way. He doesn't tell the details of the characters and the details of that night. He tells the story in a different way. He tells us what those things really mean. He tells us that as he begins his story in John chapter 1, words you heard just a moment ago, where John says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through Him all things were made. And without Him nothing was made that has been made, and in Him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. The light has come into the world. The light that Isaiah foretold of. And who was that light? That light was Jesus. Although, I mean, John, why don't you just come out and say it? He talks about this light, but he won't name the light until verse 17. It's the first time we find that the name of this light is Jesus, Jesus Christ. But he uses another name for Jesus many times before he gets to that name in verse 17. He calls this light, he calls this Jesus, the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. What a weird name. For a person, the Word, what does that mean? What is John getting at? This light of the world, this Jesus is the Word. I mean, just think of it, what is a Word? A Word is just an ex- a way of expressing an idea that you may have in your mind, an idea, a reality, a truth, a principle. A word is something designed to express that idea, that reality. It's a way of communicating that truth, of making that truth known. To make it known, you need a word. You know, the word doesn't make the idea real. A word doesn't make the truth true, but a word communicates the truth. A word makes The truth known. I don't know about you, gentlemen, if you have a tough time expressing yourself, but there's there's not an uncommon scenario in my house. Like, many of you know I have a professional counselor as a wife, so you'll be enjoying this too, Daniel, as your wife becomes a professional counselor. They want to get into your head. How are you doing? Like, lay off my back. You know, but, but this, this is, I'm kind of kidding. I, I love my, my Rusty, what, how are you feeling? Rusty, these new restrictions, how are you feeling? I, I know how I feel, this idea, but a, a very common thing for me to say is, I just don't have the words to express it to communicate that which I feel, that which I know in here, but I just don't have the words to express it so that you can know. Because that's what a word does. It, it, it expresses and it communicates that which is true and real. And Jesus is the word, and the word became flesh. What is Jesus the word of? Well what is he expressing? What is he communicating? John 1:18 says, "No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known." Let me read that again. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father who he has made known. What did Jesus make known? God. God. This is how the author of Hebrews would put it. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 3. Listen to these words. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, God has spoken to us by His Son whom He appointed heir of all things and through whom also He made the universe. The Son, that is Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being. The Son is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation, the exact expression of who God is. God used to speak to us in words spoken by men about God What God might be like, but in these days, God has sent His Son so that we may know God in all of His fullness. Jesus is God's perfect self revelation of Himself. The Word has become flesh, Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Isn't this incredible? This is what Christmas means. God has come down to us that we might know who He is. You know, Christmas is God, who is the author of life, writing Himself into the story. You know, the character in a story doesn't really know who the author is, who writes them. Might have some vague sense of who that might be by as he looks around at how the story plays out and the other characters in the story, but but doesn't really fully know the author who has written his life into being. But Christmas means that God, the author of your life, has written himself into the story so that he may be known. And so many people want to know who God is, don't you? I mean, if there is a God, what sort of God is He like? Is He good? Is He angry? Is He easy to take off? Is, is He merciful and forgiving? Does He care? Is He apathetic towards my need? Who is God? People throughout time and all around the world. Ponder that question every day. Who is God? What is God like? This is the good news of Christmas. The good news of Christmas is we know who God is. We know what God is like because in Jesus, God has expressed himself. He has made himself known. Because in Jesus, we don't just hear about God, teachings about him, but we see God. We see Him. He shows Himself to us, and isn't that the best way of learning? Someone can tell you what's true, but isn't, don't you get a deeper knowledge of someone just, if you can see it, if they show you? Jesus is God showing Himself. In Jesus, we see that God does not turn a blind eye to sin or to injustice in the world, In Jesus, we see that God is not indifferent to your need. But He cares deeply about your needs, big and small. In Jesus, we see that God cares for the smallest person as much as He does the biggest. He is indiscriminate in His attention and His care and His love. In Jesus, we see that God is merciful, willing and even longing to forgive and to restore In Jesus, we see that God is loving, willing even to go to the lengths of laying down his own life on the cross that we, weak, sinful, broken, needy people, may be made whole, may have life eternally. We know God because he has come. And he has communicated himself in the person of Jesus. Isn't that good news? You don't have to wonder. What is God like? I hope he's like this. I hope he's not like that. We don't have to wonder. We can know. Because the light has dawned. Jesus has come. Jesus is the light that reveals God. In the fullest way, not only does he reveal a light that reveals who God is, but he's the light that reveals the way in the right relationship with God. Jesus would say in John 3:16, "For God so loved the world, that He gave His only Son, that who would ever believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life." Or, as John would put it at the beginning of His gospel. Verse 12 and 13, Yet to all who did receive Jesus, to those who believed in His name, God gave the right to become His children. Jesus gave the right to become children of God, children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but children born of God. Yet to all who received Him, to those who believed in His name, in Jesus to believe who He was and what He did for you, for us. Through believing in Him, God gave us the right to become His children. So what does it mean for Jesus to be the Word? It means He is God's expression of Himself and His perfect revelation of the way to know God and to be in relationship with Him eternally. We don't have to wonder Jesus is the light of the world. And there's so much that's uncertain in the world right now. What's going to happen tomorrow? I don't know. What is 2022 going to look like? I don't know. And you don't know. And there's so much that we just don't know, and we've been reminded of the uncertainty of life in these last months. Pretty soon we're going to have to stop saying months and start saying years. But there's something we can know. We can know God. We can know what God is like. We can know that we can have right relationship with Him through His Son, Jesus. We can know that when death comes to us, on the other side of that lies eternal life with God. We can know that because God has spoken by his word, Jesus. That which was hidden in darkness has been brought into the light, has been revealed, for the light has dawned. Jesus has come. Not only does he give us the light, but he fills us with his light. He illuminates us so that our lives become a light. Ourselves. You know, Jesus would say to his disciples in the Gospel of Matthew, he would say, you are the light of the world. If you are someone who has believed in Jesus Christ, not only is he your light, but now you are a light, his light to the world. Just like the moon has no light of its own, but reflects the light of the sun, which illuminates it onto the surface of the dark earth. So we are those who are illuminated by Jesus Christ. Now become a light in the world. Brothers and sisters, we are the light of the world. Now that we know God, we have this privilege and this calling of making Him known. Making Him known through our words and making Him known through our deeds. And, I mean, it should be something we do, right? A light doesn't have to, like, decide, okay, I'm going to shine. I should probably shine now, right? A light just shines. That's what it does in its very nature. And those of us who know Jesus, we do the same in word and deed. We shine the light of God's love into this dark world. What would that look like? What would that look like in this season for you to be the light of the world? Here in a few moments when our time uh, in, in the service is over, maybe you noticed uh, all those gift bags out there. I got good news and bad news. The bad news, they're not for you. Although there are goodie bags for everyone age 40 and down. You can find them over in the kids area, 40 and down. But the goodie bags there, we got we got 60 gift bags which, um, if you've been a part of our church and uh, paying attention the last few weeks, you know that tonight what we're going to do as a church family is we're, we're going to, uh, here in a few minutes, we're going to take those. All who are, are, have the time and the willingness uh, to go and to grab a few bags and be given some instruction and to go into our community, to communities, and to, to deliver these little bags of blessings to those in our community that maybe just need a little boost, need some encouragement. This Christmas season, here in a few minutes, we're going to be light in that way to the world around us. And um, I thought that was just so appropriate to do that tonight after uh, this last week, Daniel shared with me a story i had never heard. Now, maybe you've heard this story, the story of the true St. Nicholas. Did you know there was a true St. Nicholas? Well, uh, St. Nicholas, you know, the, the, where the origin of uh, the Santa Claus Figure comes from Saint Nicholas was a bishop, a Christian bishop in what's now present day Turkey, back in the two late two hundreds, early three hundreds. Nicholas was um, a man who had a huge heart, a generous heart, and he loved to bless people in need. And so, this is a story, the earliest story written of Saint Nicholas's life. Nicholas heard of a devout man uh, who uh, had a had a wife and had three daughters. And something had befallen this man, some some crisis, and he had lost all of his possessions and he had nothing to his name and was left destitute. This man could not afford a proper dowry for his three unmarried daughters. And I could kind of relate to that as a man with three unmarried daughters myself. I'm just really, thank God for the end of the dowry system. This man with three unmarried daughters did not have enough money for the dowries to marry off his Girls, And that meant that they would remain unmarried, and probably in that day and age, in absence of any other possible opportunities in employment, his three daughters would be forced to become women of the night, shall we say. Hearing of the girls' plight, Nicholas decided to help them. But uh, being too modest to help the family in public by going and handing them uh, money... What he did is late in the night he went to their house and there was an open window in the house and he threw into that open window a bag of gold. And the next morning the father came and discovered this bag of gold and he praised God and he went and he paid a dowry and married off his first daughter. After that first wedding, St. Nicholas came again under cover of night and through that same window threw in a second bag of gold which this man discovered the next morning. And in his joy, he paid the dowry, and his second daughter was able to get married. But he kind of caught on, and and after that second wedding, the father, he stayed up really late. For two nights, he wouldn't sleep. He just sat by the window until that night St. Nicholas came again. And a third time, he threw in a bag of gold through the window and was caught by the man. The father fell on his knees thanking St. Nicholas, and Nicholas ordered him not to tell anyone about the gifts, but I guess he didn't listen because here we are talking about it, right? I thought, I mean, that's where the story begins. Just a kind-hearted, spirit-filled follower of Jesus, seeing need and being light anonymously. That. How appropriate is that? Because in a few minutes, many of us, we're going to grab some bags and we're going to head out and we're going to do that very thing. We're going to drive into our communities and we're going to stop at a few places. And I know you've always wanted to ring a doorbell and run. I know you've always wanted to. But this time you're going to do it for good reasons. And uh, we're going to anonymously leave bags of blessing in our communities as, we, uh, as one little way of being light to the world. So, uh, friends, now that we know God, it's our job to make Him known. There's a verse in Him, we're gonna, a carol we're going to sing here in a, uh, a moment. Heart the Herald Angels Sing. There's a verse that says this, Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Veiled in flesh, we see God. Hail the incarnate deity, pleased with man as men to dwell. Jesus are Emmanuel. Before we sing that song together, and then close with Silent Night, um, and then head out, and again, you can, if, if you want to be a part of delivering these bags, um, just, just go over to that area here, our resource center, and Daniel will be there, and um, he'll give you some bags, and he'll give you some instructions, and you can go, and you can bring that blessing into our communities. But uh, we did call this a Christmas Eve candlelight service. And in normal times, we would, um, we would have all been given a little candle in here. And we would try not to get wax on the floor. And we would hold our little candle, take light from the Christ candle. And um, we would fill this room with candlelight as we sang Silent Night. And it's just one of our traditions, and we love it. But alas, nothing is normal. Sears, you were not given a candle because the candles we ordered two weeks ago arrive tomorrow which would have been fine for Christmas Eve, but they arrived tomorrow. And so we're going to do something thoroughly modern. If you have your cell phone, maybe you've got a light on that. Don't turn it on yet. But as we sing Hark the Herald Angels Sing, I want you to get your phone ready. And when we're done singing that song together, we're going to sing Silent Night. And as we sing Silent Night, out in the foyer, even at home, when you're watching this, and certainly in the room here, why don't you just take that light and hold that high, and we're going to do it 2021 style uh, as a way of saying, Jesus, you are light, and we are now your light in the world. So why don't you stand, and you can get your phone ready as we sing Hark the Herald. But let me pray. God, we just thank you that You have not left us in darkness, just groping around in life, trying to figure out what life is about, trying to figure out why we exist, who we are, what our meaning is. Lord, you haven't left us in darkness wondering who you are, our maker, but you have revealed yourself through your son Jesus, who you sent into the world, who you wrapped with flesh, who became one of us, fully God and fully man, So that we might know who you are. We might know that you care for us. That you are a God of love. You are a God of holiness. You are a God of grace and mercy. So that we might know that through your son that we can be in relationship with you. And we can have this love in Christ that nothing in this world could ever separate us from. We thank you, God, that although so much is uncertain in this life and right now in these days, that because of Christmas, we know you. We have that certainty, and that makes all the difference in the world. Thank you, Jesus, for being our light. In your name we pray, amen.